Well, welcome to the great conversation where experiences and ideas are shared. And if they're shared, they have the opportunity to create breakthroughs that can influence our personal and professional paths to value. And more importantly, ideas matter. They can change the world. Uh, today, we're in the risk, resilience, and security industry with a very good friend of ours, uh, Brian Tuscan, who's been around the great conversation for a number of years. He's the Chief Security Officer and Senior Director at Microsoft Global Security, focused on the physical security discipline. And uh, he has been in my uh, adjunct class at Seattle Pacific University in the MBA program. Uh, he's a, a man many people come to for advice on their careers. And uh, quite frankly, it's been great to watch him over the years uh, develop into the leader he is. Great having you here, Brian. Well, thank you, Ron, and thank you for having me on the great conversation. You betcha, you betcha. Uh, well, first of all, let's just go right to that because I see people coming up to you all the time and going, Brian, I'd love your insights. I love your learnings. If someone came to you today, have you developed over all these years what the key traits of a great leader is in the security discipline? I think leadership transcends beyond just security. It, it's every vertical that you can think of. So great, great leaders know how to be uh, empathetic. They know how to empower their people. Uh, Simon Sinek, who's, who's just a great motivational speaker, talked about, you know, great leaders, they don't do the work. They support and encourage the employees that are doing the work. And I, I think to really answer your question, if someone came to me and asked, what's the secret sauce? I, I really don't know what it is. I know what I've done to lead. And I think a lot of it is through experience. It's very important to have that experience, meaning that life experience. I see a lot of young up and coming leaders, very, I would say very well-educated, uh, very tenacious, and they, they just really wanna hit that ground running and patience, though, as, as the old adage, patience is a virtue. You have to have your patience. A lot of it is on-the-job training uh, from leadership opportunities. So I'll give you an example. Many new leaders come in, and they don't actually have, when I say people management experience, where they're managing over people. However, everybody's a leader. You can manage over projects, programs, initiatives, and your body of work is what gets you discovered, either in a good way or a bad way. And so one, one of the uh, areas that I tell people to focus on is focus on their brand, right? Their brand identity as a person uh, on, on social media, uh, the words that come out of their mouth, if you're authentic and genuine, and then lead as what you teach and say. Nothing's worse than do what I say, but not what I do. So just really mean what, what you say and, and be lead by example. So your body of work, this is really interesting. So your body of work should flow out of who you are, how, how, how well you understand yourself, how well you express your values, your core values within your work. You are who you say you are. Being your authentic self, I think, is the easiest way 
to grow into as a leader. And the reason for that is you're authentic, you're genuine. You're not reading a script or checking boxes. There are tons of materials out there, right? From social media to YouTube, to training, to books, and they have great information, but it's not something that you could just practical, you have to use it. Uh, there, there are tips and tricks I've learned over the years. Some work, some doesn't. And I think using examples. So as a leader, if somebody says, hey, I have this particular problem, can you help me with it? Whatever the problem may be, I always reach back because I'm old in, in my toolbox of memories and experiences. And I tell a story. I say, well, I had a similar issue like what you're experiencing right now and this is how I approached it or a lot of times my advice is the mistakes I've made and what I've learned from the mistakes and that's what a coach and mentor does uh, I, I like to tell the the younger groups uh, the millennials and, and and the gen z's that they have the the time right they have the youth uh, but they may not have experience uh, the difference is I'll, I'll never be young again and but as someone as a new up-and-coming leader they have access to senior leaders and coaches and mentors and learn learn from uh these elder state persons right uh and and i would not put it i i give advice you could go on linkedin which is a fantastic uh connector for networking yes microsoft owns linkedin it's part of the microsoft company but it's, it's a great net, networking uh, tool where I, I've coached some people, whatever discipline they wanted to be in, regardless if it's security or not, is to connect with leaders in that industry and ping someone and see if they're willing to give you 15 minutes of, of their time for coaching and mentoring. And that, that connection is very important. So that, that's some of my, my high level topics of, of uh, recommendations. Where for those of you who are listening, that's exactly, um, you know, servant leaders like Brian are, I call them on call. They're on call for people like that because Brian, I, I don't know about you, but I seem to always learn from mentoring and coaching others. Absolutely. And to me, that's one of the greatest joys of being a coach and mentor uh, I love gardening. I know a lot of people like gardening, springtime, right? Seeing plants grow. I, I look at mentoring a, a young leader and seeing them grow in their position. So I've, I've been in the security and law enforcement field for over 30 years. So I, I have uh, people I've coached and mentored uh, years ago that sit in some pretty important positions now and they're paying it forward. They're becoming from a, a mentee to a, a mentor. And so it just, to me, it helps the industry. And a lot of people say, hey, I really appreciate you, 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 you sparked this idea and it, you made me uh, take a chance. Uh, what, what can I do to, to pay, pay you back? And I just said, pay it forward, right? That's and that's right. how you will make our industry better. Yeah, I, I, I know when they come to me, um, and I'd love to hear your response to this, when they come to me, it's things like, what are the top books I should read? Or, you know, what, you know, what, uh, how, how do I understand how to do this? 
And uh, so when, when you have formally, when you formally have coached young members of your team forward, um, I, I remember one, one leader I had gave me a big audacious project. And he told me later, it didn't matter whether I failed or not. He wanted to see my mindset on how I approached the problem. I, how, how do you bring these people up and how do you feed them the things they need at any given time? What, what's your process there? Well, it's, it's a two-way street. When I talk about being authentic and genuine, they have to be genuinely interested in what information you're giving them. Because I've had people seek my coaching and counsel and they were, they, I would just say that they, were, they weren't authentic. And so it's a two-way street. Uh, the first is just having a conversation to seeing how they're doing personally, learn about their life, what, are, what are their goals and aspirations. And it's, 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 a, it's like a friendship. Uh, there are so many people out there that are looking for coaching and mentoring. I, I cannot meet everyone that pings me on LinkedIn. So for those of you uh, know about the blog I write, it's called Cop to Corporate. So you just go to www.coptocorporate.com. And it has a bunch of vignettes and stories and opinions. Uh, it's a blog for law enforcement officers, usually in the public safety world, uh, federal, state, gov government, and even military to a certain uh, respect, mainly around military police. And it's about life after law enforcement, right? What, what do you do after law enforcement? And to think about how do you prepare yourself? And I, I was spending hours on the weekend and evenings having conversations, conference calls, or like this video teleconference calls. And I got kind of overwhelming with the sheer number of people asking for advice. So with the power of technology, I created this blog on WordPress and all of the stories I've had over time that could relate to someone's experience where they're at in the police department, whether they're a new officer and they got washed out to maybe they got fired, not for something major or criminal, maybe as a policy violation, how to get back a second chance into the industry, or if they're a retiree, like what is life after law, law, law enforcement when you retire? And so I have all of these vignettes within my blog and I've had countless people email me. I've never met them before thanking me saying, I read your advice that you gave and I actually sparked my, my cup to corporate transition. And now I'm successfully working as a security manager here, so on and so forth. So thank you. I want to thank you. And so I think the power of, technology and social media allows you to reach so many people beyond just the physical one-on-one, -on -one, which is just impossible to do with yeah. everyone that needs help. So the other question I had uh, um, in psychology circles, they call this Johari window way back when this is 30 something years ago, but it was this idea of how do I see myself as others see me, and and then um, and then edit myself in a necessary way if they're seeing me the wrong way. So how um, 
the security leaders generally that you've experienced within this industry, do they see themselves in such a way, are they projecting in such a way where they have confidence of their business leaders and therefore have a more efficient way of helping create value in the risk resilience security program in their positions? And if not, why? What's going on there? What, what advice would you give to stay self-aware? I think you had originally called it the brand you're creating inside your company. How do you become self-aware of that and edit and adjust as needed? Well, you have to look within. You have to be introspective. You have to be secure within yourself mm -hmm. to know you're not perfect. And everyone has the ability to learn, to grow. And you have to be open as a leader. A lot of people will not challenge a leader or push back because they don't, they don't want to rock the boat or be disruptive. So I constantly tell my team and my leadership team, lay it all out. You're not going to hurt my feelings. The worst I can say is no. I said, just be respectful, be open, be respectful. Let's have a dialogue. And my team has, what you would call in the industry, uh, it's, a, it's a term called psychological safety. And there have been that show teams thrive and are very productive and just knock it out of the park when there's psychological safety from the employee base and the leader, knowing that, hey, I can bring up anything to my boss with, with being respectful and within reason, and I'm not going to be uh, punished for that. And this really helps eliminating groupthink, and it expands the growth mindset within a team and you can do wonderful things uh, as, as i took over as the cso for physical security for microsoft uh, for the last two years i feel i have had uh, phenomenal growth within myself but also as my new leaders and up up and coming leaders i feel every one of my direct reports or senior they could be cso's at microsoft or any other company and it's, it's my job to encourage them and give them the, uh, the tools and the resources to be successful, but also constantly asking for feedback. How am I doing? And I'm happy to report my team has no problem telling me <laughs> if, if I, you know, if, if, if I'm off the mark or they're just like, hey, listen, I, I, I somewhat agree with you, but can you hear me out on this? And I go, okay. Uh, you convinced me. And, and I like that push and pull. Yeah, you betcha. You know, it's really interesting. This, uh, that transparency leads to innovation thinking. And uh, since I've known you for so many years, and at times you've brought me in to your innovation thinking. And uh, it, it dawned on me uh, the other day that maybe a great leader is always trying to, I'll use a powerful term, disrupt what is normal today something that we assume to be true. Uh, it might be uh, in security land, it might be the way we think about access or identity. It might be the way we think about surveillance and communications. But you strike me as someone who might wanna teach people, you somehow teach people that I want you to think all the time about how this can get better and maybe disrupt our assumptions that we normally have. How, how do you do that inside Microsoft? Well. I feel very fortunate and blessed to work for a corporation like Microsoft that is extremely innovative, 
Uh, we've been around for years. However, we still operate uh, as like a startup uh, in, in many aspects. Uh, we're very mature as a company too. And they allow employees through our hackathons, right, to, to go out and look at doing things differently and leveraging the cloud. And what we do uh, just as a company, uh, empowering every person and organization on the planet uh, to be more successful and productive. And so I look at the opportunity I have as the, the head of security is how do we leverage uh, the cloud? How do we leverage machine learning, uh, artificial intelligence to do our job effectively? But I'm responsible for security operations. So we're running the trains and they have to run on time and they have to run efficiently. That's right. So having that background, and I also used to run all of technology for integration, and software, and hardware. So I, ha I have a good background in, in that. But as the pure operations uh, that, that we run, it, it's good to have that background and experience to say, okay, can this really work? That's right. And Microsoft's really good at listening to the customer. So I am a customer in a certain respect for operations to say, yes, that technology that you're uh, pitching to me sounds like a great idea, but is it practical, right? Will it work in this particular environment? And so we pressure test. We do all kinds of uh, pilots, and I, I feel what the future is, is going to lead to, I think a lot of it is, you know, auton autonomous uh, AI and machine learning to help us do our jobs better. I don't think you'll ever get rid of the need for the human element. You'll always need those special nuances, whether it's investigations and intelligence and operations, but using the tools that we have to make us respond, react, prepare quicker uh, to, to risks and mm -hmm. uh, to threats. Mm -hmm. Besides your blog, which uh, I want everyone to turn to because it will give the perspective you need for the next time you see Brian, but besides your blog, what, what either books you've read or books you're currently reading would you recommend to our audience? So I've been so busy. I have, haven't read any books in a long time, just, just because of the COVID-19 uh, response. Understand. Uh, but I, I love any type of leadership uh, books that, that I can get my hands on. But I love going on YouTube and, and getting just these free uh, videos and downloads with, with uh, uh, these motivational uh, speakers from a myriad of TED Talks. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I said, Simon Sinek is, is one of my, my, my favorites. But to, to just think of a particular book, I read so much online uh, from uh, Business Insider and, and uh, Wall Street Journal. So most of my reading is, is really towards uh, almost real-time information. Got it. And, and uh, from, from uh, Twitter and social media. So that, that, that's, that's really my my go-to reading material. And the great conversation is all about um, people sharing their experiences, their ideas, uh, and you are constantly uh, intersecting with leaders, both in the virtual world during this pandemic, but also uh, uh, physically as well. So if you were going to recommend someone that we would invite to the table to talk to next, 
one or more people, who would you say, Ron, we need to bring this person to the table? I would say Cheryl Steele, who's the CSO for Starbucks. Uh, she, she, she has a credible background from the U.S. State Department. Uh, she's been at the CSO helm at, at Starbucks for almost two years. And I would definitely like to hear uh, her, her insight uh, on especially the retail market because they, they have such a big uh, footprint there. Yeah. Uh, I would also recommend Mike Mason, uh, CSO for Verizon. Uh, he, he is just an icon in the industry. Um, I, I believe he would provide insight, especially what's going on today and, and the, uh, I would say, uh, the polarization of, of what's going on in the globe. I think he has a, a real uh, a good insight and, and opinion, very pragmatic approach of, of what he's seeing out there. Well, I can't wait to uh, catch up with Cheryl Steele then. Mike Mason is an old friend of The Great Conversation. Uh, you were talking about transparency. I think you were in the audience when he stood up on stage and essentially laid out where he screwed up with his people at one point. And it was very powerful, like you said. He was authentic, uh, it was transparent, and it was a learning lesson for all of us. So uh, it's been a great conversation with Brian Tuscan. Uh, for those of you listening, you can hear other conversations at sageconversations.com. But in the meantime, Brian, thank you so much for a great conversation. My pleasure, Ron. Thank you.